that's such a big concern of mine was like all of a sudden it puts this burden on my parents to explain to like family friends or whatever that like I have a daughter now and suddenly it's like that's not my fucking problem like I got my own shit to deal with yeah that's how I felt I was like the whole family's gonna go down if I come out our reputation will be soiled and now I just don't give a rat's ass Welcome to Queer Talk, the number one podcast to connect you to all of your favorite queer creators in a space where we share our stories on all things queer related. And hey, if you're new listening to this, give us a follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and we are now streaming full video episodes on YouTube. So you can watch these episodes on your TV, phone, tablet, wherever you're tuning in. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Um, link to watch is in the description. Today, our guest is a TikToker. She's an industrial engineer. Uh, she is from Chai Town, a Midwest baby. You can find her at Samantha.Lutz on TikTok. Please welcome Samantha Lutz. Hi, thank you for having me. You are welcome. Um, I forgot to ask you this before we got started, but do you do you go by your full name, Samantha, or do you go by Sam? I saw some like Sam stuff, so I didn't know. Yeah, you know, it's actually like a I'm in like a unique situation because I got a I got to pick the name that yeah. I wanted to go with, right? And so you know, I'm pretty comfortable with either, but Sam's pretty easy. So go ahead with that. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. I wanted to ask, and I was thinking about this as I was having you on because a lot of people, when they have names like Samantha or Jonathan, like it's so easy to just say, Hey John, or, or Hey Sam, or like, Hey, if it's Elizabeth, like, Hey Liz or Hey Beth or something like that. Cause it's so common to have that. But like for people who choose their name, right? Like, you put a lot of thought into the name. You you wanted that name. Like, I would think like some like trans people would be like more sensitive. Like, no, like it's Samantha. Like I like I <laughs> I named myself Samantha. It's Samantha. If I want to name myself, I want to name myself Sam. <laughs> um, which makes total sense, right? Because like there are people out there that are gonna misgender and 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 you know want to call you by your dead name and everything like that. And even though it's not like a a super slight, it's like motherfucker like I, I I said Samantha like <laughs> did you hear me say Sam and I was thinking about that before I got on and I was like I want to make sure that like I don't just call her Sam and she's like that's not Sam yeah I know you know I think it's pretty common I think you know some trans people tend to like pick names that are like I guess like the gender opposite equivalent of okay. the like dead name but I, I chose something completely fucking different so like I'm totally comfortable. I don't like Sammy though. Like if you call me Sammy, it's like, oh, like am I five? Like, come on. Sammy. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. I totally get that. I have a couple Samanthas that go by Sammy, but a, a couple that go with Sam too. And it's so funny because it feels so fitting for like both of them. You know, <laughs> like I couldn't see one as Sam and one as Sammy. They they just it fits. Yeah, there's like a type of like Sam and a type of Sammy. Yeah, there's like a Sam and there's like a Sammy, you know, like Sammy's <laughs> are like animated. They got a lot of energy. I don't know. That's just like my super personal bubbly, opinion. happy people. <laughs> You're like, it's not me. <laughs> like, oh, no, definitely not. I get that. I get that. Um, but that's cool. Thank you so much for being on. I'm so psyched to have you. I've seen your videos. I've been following you for a while. I've seen your videos and I was like, I have to get her on. Uh, uh, that's like embarrassing a little bit but why is it embarrassing i think i used to make like really shitty content a while ago i don't know when i started following you when did you start making content 
I started making content probably like a year and a month ago. So okay, oh you yeah, you've been on it for longer than me. I got on it in like April. Oh, um, so was it like a quarantine thing? Oh yeah, it was a big quarantine thing. I uh, <laughs> I had hooked up with this uh, girl who was younger. And it was like February and she was like, had like 35K or something. And like, she like showed it to me, like when we were out, you know, before like pre COVID days, we were like out at a, <laughs> at a cabaret or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, TikTok, like what the hell? Cause like I'm 26. I ended up getting on it in April and here we are. When I first like heard about TikTok, I stuck to just like watching like YouTube compilations of like the funniest stuff or whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to get the app. And then eventually it's like, I got the app. It's like, okay, but I'm not going to make an account. Yeah. I made an account that I posted and it just yeah. kept going like that. It really was a snowball. And also out of boredom and create, like I had so much creative energy. I needed to do something. And I was like, okay, like, let me check this out. Like, this will be fun. Like I'll post some random videos. We'll see what happens. Like one video randomly got like 3000 views. And I thought that was so much. I was like, oh my God, 3000 views. Like I'm going to try this for real. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, ooh, like, I'll just start posting like gay shit. Let's see what, what goes on in the community. Cause I wanted like to have more queer friends. And so I was like, okay, like, let me post some stuff. Like, and also just to see like, are people like having the same problems that I'm having or the same experiences. And it just kind of like snowballed from there. And then I was like, I'll make a podcast just to talk to other queer people. Yeah. Honestly, so. it's such a, it's such a cool idea, you know? Yeah. It is super cool. It's a lot of fun. And my friend edits it. Um, you've probably seen her. She's that gay bitch from Ohio. Her name's Elise Pinter. I follow her. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. She's yeah. always got like those like handkerchief headbands. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's her. It's like a full queer, just a, all collaboration thing. You know, like my friends were like, we're in, we'll help you out. And I was like, this is awesome. This is all I ever wanted. That's so cool. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that you're from Wisconsin. Were you from like a small town? Yeah, so I grew up in like a, a pretty small area on the on Lake Michigan and, you know, votes Republican all the time and Oof. surrounded by farms. So you can kind of like imagine like the kind of town I grew up in. Yeah, I also grew up in a small town, very Republican town with Republican uh, family. So I could totally get where you're coming from there. Like, what was it like coming into your gender representation and coming out as a lesbian in kind of that environment? Like, did you did you start that journey then or did you kind of start it when you moved to Chicago? I guess I knew, like, as I was, like, growing up, especially through, like, my teen years, so, like, 15, 16, that I was, you know, experiencing, like, different I guess, like, gender identity issues than, like, regular cis people would, like, people that don't question their gender, and a lot of, like, what I had been taught or, like, what has been around me was just, like, that's bad, repress, 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 and just, like, move on, so it wasn't really until I, I went away to college, and I went to college in Wisconsin as well, but, like, on the other side of the state in an even smaller, even more, like, rural town so the pattern kind of continued but it a lot it gave me the space to kind of think for myself and like process my own ideas and thoughts and eventually you know I think by the time I was like 20 I finally came out that's awesome so where did you um go to college 
like in Wisconsin. Is that what you said when you went to <laughs> crazy, crazy? Yeah. I, I mean, it took me so long. I had to wait until I was out of college. Cause I still like, like kind of like you, I went to, I didn't really leave, leave. Like I went to school in Kentucky, like right over the bridge. So somehow I got even more conservative, <laughs> like going into college. I don't know, but it did. It took, it took me out of getting, cause it was still like a, I went to a bigger school, but I was in the athletic community. So it was small. It was like a small, you know, fishbowl. And I just didn't feel comfortable being able to, to come out with that kind of pressure and just everyone knowing. And it just, the thoughts of like people talking about me, you know, like I suddenly became having social anxiety and I was so insecure, like what are they going to talk about me? Even if they talk like good things or neutral things, they're still talking about me and I just want to blend in. Like, I just want to like it to be nothing. Like I was so like devastated, even though I realized that I couldn't control it. So many people were like, you can't control it. Why are you thinking about it? And I was like, because I can't control it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I totally get that. You know, I always think of it as like the way it's like, I don't want to be just defined by like, you know, one or two facets of like who I am. I was constantly like afraid of being like, Sam the trans girl like that's how people would know me as I was trans and so exactly I literally remember like I couldn't even tell like my extended family that I and and at the time I didn't even consider myself a lesbian like at the time I I mean I knew I wasn't bisexual but like I knew that my parents would understand queer because I literally came out as queer and they were like what (laughs) they're like what what's that still think it's like a bad term like they won't (laughs) use it like they refuse to use the term because they still think it's bad. And I'm like, it's not. So now we're getting to a point where it's homophobic that you're still on that you can't use the word because we, we, we've had so many years now. Like, come mm-hmm. on, get with it. But yeah, I came out as queer and they're just like, what? So I was like, oh, it's I'm just like, it's bi. And so they, <laughs> they were like, well, your grandparents aren't going to understand what queer is because we don't get it. So we're just going to say that you're bisexual. And I was like, I don't give a fuck at this point. I'm exhausted. I've been coming out for a year now to everyone slowly. I'm on my deathbed. Just fucking go. Just do it. Um, it's, the, it's the slowest <clears throat> mandate to honestly take off is coming out. It really is. And well, some people like I just had on Emma Stern mm-hmm. and, uh, she and I were talking and she was like, I figured it out and told everybody within a month. <laughs> it's <was> like, <laughs> she's on X games mode. Like, holy shit. But I think that's awesome because she was able to do that. Like her, that's her journey, you know? And then she, you know, had a journey of, of her pronouns and like some people are able to do that and she's able to document it. Like she's able to have the confidence to like document as it's happening, which I could have never done that. So it's nice for queer people to have that, have people that, are able to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it's exciting to see, like, I guess, just the the level of acceptance that's like you see nowadays. Like I would not have survived high school if I came out in high school. But now, like I know, like at my old high school, there's like openly gay people. That's something I could have never imagined. And already like the generation after me, I suppose. Yeah, Gen Z's have it nice. I don't even know if they know how nice they have it. (laughs) <laughs> but they do. And I, and it's not a place where I come of like jealousy or envy or anything like that. Like our journeys are our journeys. I want to be who I am without it. But it is like, it's the same for me too. I came from a high school. Oh, I can't even, I don't even know how to say this. Um, if you heard about the national news about the boys at the high school football that were parading around with the flags. Did you hear? Oh, mm-hmm. 
that, that was my school. Nice. That's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, <laughs> there are KKK members that are in the district. I mean, it's that bad racially and for people in the LGBTQ plus community. So it was not a safe space. And my best friend and I, my best friend came out in, in college as a lesbian. We basically like grew up together and uh, she knew for a long time. I kind of started knowing a little bit later in my high school career. But like, yeah, I mean, it was just not a safe space. Like, and I, I remember seeing people who were out. I was like thinking, reflecting on this like this week and I saw people and I saw how they were treated. I saw the the women that were coming out and most of them were coming out as like bi. And I remember them being, you know, stamped as promiscuous and sleazy and slutty and whatever for that. And then I saw like the men that were coming out and, you know, it's all seen as less than and inferior, right? And like, mm-hmm. I saw like them being seen as weak and, you know, pushed around and, and bullied and and that kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, not for me, you know, because it's being like equal to like lower status because you're being made to feel less than. And I was like, my dad's a coach. My mom is a teacher in the district. That would ruin everyone. I would take down the whole family. Bit dramatic, but that's how I felt. <laughs> oh, I live for the dramatics. My girlfriend always just comments on how dramatic I can be. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, the whole family's going to go down if I come out. Our reputation will be soiled. And now I just don't give a rat's ass. I know when I came out, that's such a big concern of mine was like, you know, it's all of a sudden it puts this burden on my parents to explain to like, uh, you know, family friends or whatever that like, I have a daughter now and suddenly like, but then I'm like, that's not my fucking problem. Like I got my own shit to deal with. They can tell people. You're right. It's their journey. It's not like your burden and it shouldn't be their burden either. And if it is, they need to figure their shit out. (laughs) For sure. And I think that comes with confidence. Like I was not confident when I came out. Like I was so emotionally exhausted. I couldn't tell my extended family, nor did I want to. I didn't want to deal with that. You know, I thought I wanted to be the educator, but it turned out I just wanted to be me. I didn't want to have to be the educator. Why do I have to (laughs) be the one to educate? And I go back and forth with it sometimes, you know, sometimes I feel okay doing it. It depends on the angle and like what's being said. And sometimes I just don't, I just really don't. I know that that's, you know, it's neither, it's the no queer person's burden. They don't have to be the educator, but they can if they want. <laughs> you kind of feel like the person, like whoever's like only point of reference and like that you speak for, for the whole like queer community or like the whole gender non-conforming community. And that's like, it can be shitty. It feels like a lot to have to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> like I have to put all this shit on my shoulders, like <laughs> up to us to figure it out. That's That stuff is crazy. Like I think some people, if they don't come from a small town, like they don't, they don't get how like insidious it can be and how bad it can get. I think a lot of my stuff was in my head. Like I was afraid of like the worst case scenario and I was catastrophizing. But it does happen, you know? So it is a real threat, even though, like, you know, me now, I probably wouldn't have jumped to, like, such monstrous conclusions, but... Especially with, like, small towns, you always, I guess, you know, you know most people, like, the degrees of separation is so short. So, like, if you come out to, like, your circle, all of a sudden, the whole town seems to know, and it's, like, Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. 
And as I'm saying this, it's like so funny because I was so concerned about it at the time. But then I got drunk and told like four different people at the local bar that I was gay. And then I was like, oh, my like like my friends were trying to like stop me from doing it. But I was like, no, they need to know. (laughs) And they were like, you're going to fucking regret it. And, you know, and then I woke up hungover and I was like, why did I do that? It's it's coming true. And my friends were like, we fucking tried to stop you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that stuff is that stuff is crazy. Um, so Chicago. So when did you decide to like move to Chicago? Was it for a job? Like how did you end up in Tri-City? Yeah, so I mean, being like in Wisconsin, like my college town had like 10,000 <clears> people <throat> in it. So like I need a big change of pace. And so when I when I ended up getting like graduating and getting a job, I got a job in Chicago. So I was like pretty thankful for that. And I moved about, I think, uh, like almost two years ago, year and a half-ish. Like kind of gotten to know it, but like with COVID, you know, the whole past year has been wasted. So mm-hmm. experiences have been a bit limited by that, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you, oh my gosh. So you had maybe like six months and then mm-hmm. and then the the pandemic hit damn That's but yeah crazy. i definitely took like advantage of what i did before the pandemic hit so like that was exciting are there any cool spots i've been to like a couple because i i bet i was up there a couple times but i was up there during the pandemic so like there wasn't really like much to do but like what are the like good queer spots like at least their first six months there like what are your thoughts on the queer culture in chicago I guess most of my experience with gay like places or like place uh, areas is uh, there's this area kind of in like Lakeview, which is like a section of the city. It's called Boyce. It was called Boyce Town, but they recently switched it to something like the name of the street that it's on or something. There's just like a row of like gay bars. I think they changed it to be a bit more inclusive, but I haven't been there since they changed it because of the pandemic. So I'm not exactly up to date on it, but, you know, for the most part, I think it's, uh, you know, that area is like pretty accepting. They do like what a lot of like big cities do where they like paint the crosswalks with like the different LGBT flags, which is really cool. A lot of the bars are like, I guess, just like any gay people, but some are definitely like feel like more like it's just for men. I know of like one or two that are like lesbian bars. Ooh, do tell. There's this one called Diaz Tequila. And it's like a place that has like really like bomb ass Mexican food uh, in the daytime. And then it like changes to like a dance floor and like an open patio at night. And that's a, that's for the women. So that's awesome. Yeah. I went to hamburger Mary's last time I was there because Mm -hmm. they had an outdoor space. And so, and they do like cabaret. So they have drag or they do drag shows, not cabaret. And so they had like the drag Queens out doing the show, like, just out on the patio, which was really cool. They just had to wear their visors. What time um, of year did you go? I was there in August. And then I was there again in October. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, so Hamburger Mary's was up. But like a lot of the places like weren't really hopping in Boys Town. And I didn't really, when I was there, I didn't know like the specific like lesbian bars. Like you said, like it's called Boys Town. So like originally it mm-hmm. was for like gay men. And so I definitely got that feeling because there was like a lot of gay men. I didn't see a lot of, you know, queer women, at least like presenting like, you know, super queer or anything. But it's nice to know, like, there are a couple ones that are specifically queer. So if I, I have friends and family that live there. So if I ever come back, 
I'm going to be going to those places. Yeah, I would definitely, you know, check out that DS tequila as well as there's like a place like right across the street called, called Sidetrack and it's one of the dance club oh, type place. Okay. And uh, I don't I don't approach people because I'm like absolutely terrified of like that. <laughs> I wait till they approach me. But, yeah. you know, I've had no like issues of meeting people when I was single. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I had no issues. I like, pull, I'm hot like what fuck. can I say? <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Um, another video that I saw you post, you were talking about a video that you got taken down when you were um, doing some hormone replacement therapy, you were taking your estrogen. Tell me a little bit about that because I've seen a lot of POC and um, people in the queer community get stuff taken down. That's not just in the realm of TikTok being like ridiculous because they just are in general, but this stuff is like discriminatory. So tell me a little bit about what happened to you. Yeah, for sure. So I guess like a quick explanation of the video is I just, I guess, went through uh, my basic, like my weekly hormone shot when I like shoot up with estrogen. I was just like doing like a, a little video. And of course, like all of my videos aren't that serious. And so like I just had some like slide captions, like go with it using like the new text to speech, you know, just mostly like testing that out. I posted the video and it was doing really well, actually, for like one of my videos within like 30 minutes, I was at like 17K views. And I'm like, okay, that's like quarter of my followers already, which is like exciting. And then within the hour, it got taken down and I had never had anything taken down before. So I was like, really like, I guess kind of like confused because I made sure not to like show any blood. And I was like being like super careful with like all of that stuff. And, you know, the reason I was taken down uh, had to do with like illegal content and something like regulated goods, right? So like related to the realm of like illegal drugs, I guess is like what I was talking about. And I'm sitting there thinking like, this, how is this illegal? Like I've literally been on cartel TikTok and, and that's doing just fine. And it got taken down. So I uh, I thought maybe it's because like I showed the label of my of my little vial of like estrogen or whatever and uploaded again like with that covered up and that was taken down as well and so after I appealed those not only did I get my appeal denied but they changed the reason from like the illegal goods to violence or gore or something like that saying it was like it was like too graphic to be seen on TikTok. That's absolutely ridiculous there's so much graphic shit on TikTok they pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And like Natty, and like, so if you do like a simple search and like in the TikTok search, like if you do like hormone injections or like anything with needles, like there's so many videos of it that basically mimics like what I, my video was. Yeah. That, uh, it's, it's like a really shock that it got taken down. Yeah. It's medical. I mean, what if you were a diabetic mm-hmm. and you were taking your, your insulin, mm-hmm. but they've but taken like- it down? Yeah, I was like, that was one of my arguments in the appeal. Like, this is the same as like people getting their COVID vaccines. Yeah. This is the same as people. People uh, need t- it. Yeah. And so, so. It's, it was really frustrating. And then what I did is I went ahead and uploaded a third video, but I literally blocked out, you know, every instance of the needle, every instance of, you know, anything that could even be remotely considered. And it was like a really tongue in cheek thing because I would cover it up with like text that's like, definitely not a needle and stuff like that yeah I guess just to see if my my theory that it's like taken down just because it's like trans content mm-hmm. is true because you know there's nothing visible in the whole entire video and it ended up being taken down again with that one too 
Were you using like trans hashtags? No, I don't, I don't use hashtags actually. So I was kind of surprised by that too. Oh, cool. Well, good for you. That's awesome that you don't use hashtags. I'm always afraid not to use them because whenever I tried, I was like, oh, <laughs> let me try. These, these people look so fucking cool like when they don't use them and then my shit never goes anywhere. So I'm like, oh, I'll use hashtags. I have like this weird back and forth like with myself <laughs> mentally. That's like, oh my, like if I post a video, I'm like, oh my God, I hope it does well. But then at the same time, it's like, I don't care about this. Like I post like twice a week tops. Yeah. So it's like, not worth like worrying about it and I really just try to have fun with it I get that but I think it's more insidious that you don't have trans hashtags so like how the fuck you know what I mean like that someone Mm -hmm. like had to look at that and be like oh kids can't be seeing that (laughs) you know there's this um other trans creator that I follow her name is uh, like Rose Montoya mm-hmm. and she she has a pretty big following and she had actually issues with like her content being taken down and removed too and she she was talking about her theory about that like people are like actively reporting this mm-hmm. so like there's some there's some people that like are going out and to like search for this content just to take it down to report it and get it taken down wow they must be pretty fucking sad and unhappy Lead yeah, terrible I mean, lives. These people get so bored, they decide to, you know, storm the Capitol one day. So <laughs> they, they storm the Capitol of TikTok trans hashtags. And they're like, we're going to fucking take them down. The keyboard warriors of the. <laughs> exactly. 100%. I believe it's the same people. The Venn diagram for those two groups is just the yeah. same. The Proud Boys who uh, infiltrated the Capitol were also infiltrating the trans uh, hashtags a week before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that shit is crazy. How did you find out when that happened? Because I feel like it's hard for me to like put two and two together because, you know, the attack that happened with 9-11, like both of us, like we were so young, like mm-hmm. you're 25 and I'm 26. So like we were super young. And I still remember how I felt when I saw it. Like most people do. And I remember when I was home, I like had a whole thing. And I feel like I had a similar experience because it was a terrorist attack it was just domestic instead of foreign what was your experience with that because I I would love to kind of talk about like how people found out yeah so I was actually in like a a day-long work meeting and it was I guess I don't know towards the end of the meeting like one or two o'clock and everyone like whipped out their phones and they're like oh you know these people just took over the capital and everyone was like like kind of like shocked by that but then we quickly went back to the meeting because that's just I guess how my boss is is she's like always thinking about work so after the meeting like concluded I like went and looked it up on my laptop and I'm like what the fuck just happened like this is insane I was in disbelief I didn't think it was actually as bad as it was like I just thought people were protesting and they like got a little farther but I was it was before I got on and really looked and like saw all of the differences between like how they responded to the BLM protests in the summer versus now. And so I was like, that seems a little interesting. Like, how are they on the property? Like, how are they on the steps? How are they in the balconies? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And then I saw the first picture where, you know, the um, guns were drawn in there, like pointing at the people outside. And I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? But then like there were so many things that were discrepancies. People were like, stay inside. And so everyone was huddled. But then some people left the Congress like hall. And then you have footage of people literally being inside 
in like Nancy Pelosi's office and like all these different offices and like it seemed like it wasn't real. Like when I watched it, I was like, how is the, the this ha- like this seems scripted. Like this seems mm-hmm. like an episode of The Office. It seemed almost to be like like a like a bad dream or something, you know. If you ask me, like even like I like so I obviously like I vote pretty liberally and stuff because I care about my rights and all that. But yeah. you know, shame even, on you for caring about your rights. I know it's a, it's a lot selfish, but you know, so like I have like a pretty negative view of like Trump and his supporters. And you could have told me, I guess, like if you if you said, hey, do you think that the Trump supporters are gonna like literally like hostily take over the Capitol building. I'd be like, no, like that's gotta be insane. Like they're not, even they're not crazy enough to do stuff, something like that. It took me a little bit to realize how it happened, you know, because I think when the election, we realized president-elect, like, you know, president-elect Joe Biden was gonna be president. I think people forgot. They were like, oh, it's over, you know, it's over. He's going to be out of office. It's so close. We're like two weeks away. And so I think it was in disbelief that something could happen like that because the president's in charge of the military. The president Mm -hmm. is in charge of all of that. To me, I was like, oh, it makes sense why to me it felt scripted. And it felt like it was a dream. It's because it was fucking catapulted by our president. Our president Mm -hmm. was the one who did an attack on his own fucking place. Yeah, I feel like he, the whole time he was like sitting back like, in his recliner or whatever, just like enjoying the hell out of watching it on Fox News. Like I'm pretty, I'm confident that's not what he was doing. And then he was like, oh, you guys can go home now. You guys can go home. I love you guys, you're special. Yeah, like the shit that he was saying was, like I remember, like I was just watching it live when he was saying that, like he wasn't like enraged. He, it was almost like, you know, when you have an admirer and like the boy is like poking you know, at like his crush and the crush is like, stop. But like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like get out of here. Like, hmm. like, that's how I felt. Like he's a fucking narcissist and he's getting yeah. off on inciting a riot. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. I felt like his response was like the equivalent of being like, go home, knock it off. Thank you. Go home. Like, but thanks for what you did. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but for yeah. real, go home. He's like, I'm pretty impressed, but like, it's like the dad that's trying to be cool. He's like, I know what you did was wrong, but like, hey, like, (laughs) I'm the cool one though. That was really cool. Yes, he's like, (laughs) he just wants attention. Ridiculous, and and it's all gonna be over in two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, he won't Mm -hmm. have that. But like, yeah, I mean, and I think it's gonna be great for moving forward because I think it's gonna bring a lot of realization to Trump supporters, to Republicans in general who maybe aren't Trump supporters. And I think it's going to bring to light white supremacy does exist. This is a clear indication. You cannot look away from something like this. Mm -hmm. You know, just like I feel like the BLM movement gained so much traction. It's been around for years, but um, it gained so much traction because of the atrocities that happened. And now, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think America is like now starting to wake up and realize like, oh, what supremacy is this? And oh, like we have so many privileges and holy shit, like, you know, like if I, if I had voted for Trump in this last election, I would be appalled at myself, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I, to align myself with something like that. Just the, just the <clears throat> sheer like sourness it should leave in their mouths that like, 
we have to be worried about like the certification of electoral college votes when before I bet you like 90% of the people didn't even know that was a step in the process is like insane. It'll be like one of those things that will be in the history book right next to 9-11. It'll be like the two terrorist attacks, one foreign and one domestic. Where were <laughs> you when it happened and, and all of that. And this was the terrorist attack that the Gen Zs will now remember, you know, because it, <laughs> it's the whole moniker of like, oh, you're a millennial if you remember 9-11. You know, it might be that with Gen Z, whatever the, the generation like after them. But yeah, certainly I think like with all of this unrest, there will be peace but it's going to take time to rebuild. Hopefully, you know, our president and vice president will be able to, to do it, but it's hard. It's more, pol- more polarized than ever. I don't know how it's going to get back to normal, more if there ever was a normal. Yeah, life. thankfully we got, we got the Senate, though, and, you know, give some hope towards things, I guess. True. I forgot about what we got. We got the Senate. Ah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm interested to see the changes in the next four years and what that'll look like and specifically for civil rights and anything social. We'll see what happens. Well, um, we can go to our question for the queer segment where we answer your questions on life, love and happiness that we, uh, we probably have no business trying to answer. You ready for a question, Samantha? Absolutely. Let's do it. Cool. This question comes from Milo. Um, They are 26 and they write, how do you deal with having to come out twice? I am non-binary and at first I came out as a lesbian, but now I had to come out again as non-binary and have changed my pronouns. Any tips or help from you and the guests that you have on would be great. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's a bit of a tough one, you know, because... I, you know, I came out, I guess, in the in the opposite, I came out as trans first. And then with that came the label of lesbian because like my attraction to women didn't disappear overnight. And so in my you know experience, I didn't necessarily get to choose when I came out. And that's like a long story involving like really dramatic and catastrophic events. But essentially my mindset of when I when I came out publicly to like my friends and not those around me was uh, kind of to just to uh, to light the fuse and walk away, and whatever happened happened because you know I was at a point where like I knew I needed to to do this for myself. I needed to transition and like be honest with what I was feeling inside. Otherwise, like I knew I would wouldn't have a chance of achieving happiness. And I really kind of approached this mindset of it doesn't matter what people think or what people are going to say like you have to have your best interest in mind and be like your biggest support and anything else that comes with it you know you take the good and you leave the bad that's great advice that's awesome milo i um my thoughts go out to you you know i understand how hard it is to come out once coming out twice you know i can't speak on it i i haven't had to come out twice. I don't think that I will. I mean, who knows? I'm not going to box myself in to anything, but I would say, you know, take the experience that you, that you had done coming out first with your sexual orientation and, and use it to kind of snowball, you know, like all the experiences, all the lessons that you learned the first time, the momentum that you gained to be your authentic self and to build that better version of yourself 
you're now going to be more capable to then become more of yourself and let people know that, you know, in a second wave, you know, I, I'm trying to think of like, if I had realized if I was non-binary, I don't think I am, but if I ever thought so, or I wanted to change my gender representation, I think I would use that as momentum and confidence to be like, Hey, like, this is who I am. I, I was confident about the first time I am the second time. And that's kind of the advice that I would give to myself if I were gearing up to do that. But yeah, I would just use the momentum and all of the the lessons that you learned the first time around. I think it's important to, I guess, to keep in mind just the fact that, you know, no one stays in the, the constant state, you know, for the rest of their lives. Like people are constantly evolving and changing and coming to new like realizations. Like that's really like a huge part of the human experience. And so just the fact that like you are growing and like learning more about yourself is like such a like a monumental thing in itself yeah that is such a good point it's like the age-old thing of like you know you you dip your foot in the lake and then you you know you come back two hours later is it the same lake is it you know it's different water it's different water it's not the same exact you know is it's the same but it's different right (laughs) so like we are we're in perpetual change And that's what makes the human experience so great. It's what makes our individual and nuanced experiences so rich and fulfilling is, is that. And so to be stagnant is, is to not really live. I would pick being in a constant change and I would pick coming out twice versus not coming out at all. And I think you, you know, you'd be surprised at the support and reactions you'll get especially those who've uh, stuck around through your first coming out, like I can prove themselves to be like good allies and a good support system. You know, I think they, they're likely much more open to, to be by your side, regardless of what you come out as. True. Exactly. Yeah. You learn who, who's on your side the first time around. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make the same mistake twice. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, Sam, do you want to answer some questions really, really fast? Yeah, of course. Yeah. King Princess or Kehlani? Kehlani. Ooh, Haley Kyoko or Girl in Red? Girl in Red for sure. Hey, okay. Janelle Monet or Tegan and Sarah? I don't know who the first one is. So I guess Tegan and Sarah. Okay. <laughs> um, Janelle Monet was the one who like her and her girlfriend had a video and like her girlfriend dressed up as like a big like pussy. I know. no idea what okay. you're talking about. You need to go watch it because it's really good. Um, but it's it, it's like a notorious thing. Um, okay, jean jackets or flannels? Ooh, fuck. Jean jackets. Okay. Beanies or snapbacks? Beanies. Coffee or tea? Tea. I love tea. Most people say coffee, so I love when people say tea. I'm like, yeah. I don't drink coffee. I try not to get stuck with that. It's too much caffeine. I'm already hyped up. Cake or cookies? Cake. Uh, giving presents or getting presents? Uh, getting. Nice. Are you the gay that squishes the bugs? No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I you tell your, this, your like, girlfriend to do it. You're like, you go do it. Yeah, my girlfriend's definitely like the more femme one. The one that's like, she's shorter than me. She's like very much more like pretty than me. But I'm like, if I see a spider, like I'm useless and she has to deal with it. <laughs> I totally understand. I don't, I don't do it either. And if I do, I try not to like hurt it. I try to like get the spiders out if I can. 
it doesn't always work that way, but we try. <laughs> it's a thought that counts. Yes. Um, well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for being on this podcast. If you want to check out more about Sam, you can find her um, at Samantha.Lutz. And as always, you can find me on all platforms at Brie Logan. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe where you are listening. Check out our full video episodes um, on YouTube. The link is below. Uh, that's it for this episode, my queers. Be you, be queer, stay safe, and we will see you on the next episode. <laughs>